Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 50 of Secrets of Shadowloo. It's a bit of a milestone for this season of the show, and we've got an appropriately big topic today because as we continue our tour of the surface of Mriganka, Bison's island stronghold, we reach a grand cathedral. Now before we do anything else, let me just ask you a quick question. Should you wreck a cathedral? If you answered no, you are canonically a fool. Quote, heroes assaulting Shadaloo might be stunned to see a vast cathedral on the island of such an evil base. Perhaps Bison does have a heart. Perhaps this area should be spared. Fools! The towering spires of the church are actually nuclear missiles waiting to wreak havoc on an unsuspecting world. The quote-unquote church is a glorified home for Bison's masters of nuclear weaponry. So there you have it. You've condemned the world to nuclear destruction at the hands of M. Bison by not wrecking this cathedral. I hope you're fucking happy with yourself. This is why you shouldn't invade Mergonka. You need to leave all assaults on M. Bison to people who can handle his devilish tricks, his misdirection. Unfortunately for Bison, there is one such person in his organization, the notorious Akazan. And if you're wondering how sweet a position Akazan has managed to talk himself into on Mergonka, I'll give you a hint. He's got the office next to the nukes. Quote, the church is also the home to the director of the Hive City, Akazan, Archtheon of the Order of Heavenly Unity. The church serves as Akazan's own palatial estate. A few minions maintain the ordinance of radioactive destruction that is the blessed centerpiece of the church's existence. So yeah, Akazan, as we've established early in the season, he came to Bison at some point and said, hey, I know we've already got an evil religion with a big scary castle and they gave you your powers, and they're undyingly loyal to you. But I thought, what if we invent a whole new fake religion, and I were the Pope of it? What about that, Mr. Bison? And as we know, Bison said yes. Then Akazan was like, well, let's see, they have that giant castle so high up in the sky, really imposing on that big rocky spire. I'm going to need a big cathedral to compete with our existing evil religion that you also basically own. And so when Bison says, Sure. Here, now take more of my money, build a giant cathedral. So Akazan's got this giant cathedral on Riganka. And then one day, in a meeting with M. Bison, Akazan snaps his fingers as though he's just thought of it and says, Wait a minute. I have an idea. You know those nuclear missiles you were thinking of building? What if we hid the nuclear missiles and their whole launch apparatus and the staff that operates the nuclear missiles? In the church where I live, we could conceal them as spires. Oh my gosh, I can't believe when I had you build me a giant church that I'm in charge of with those giant spires, I didn't think we should totally put the nukes in there where I can have them and be close to them. And M. Bison was like, great idea. Boop, 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 boop. Nuke team, this is M. Bison. We're relocating the nuclear weapons. Are you familiar with Akazan? Yes, the fake bald pope. Relocate the missiles and the launchers so that they surround his office in the church. What I love about this idea is that it can never go wrong. And, I mean, I'm speculating, it's entirely possible that they built the church to conceal the missiles, maybe even to protect the missiles from military attacks, on the theory that churches would not be targeted. But they've got all the space in the fucking world on this island. I mean, they, they've got 
mountain bison, they've got the giant gold statue. This is a power play by Akazan, one way or the other. And that's not all the power that Akazan has at his disposal. It says here that Akazan's official position is director of the Hive City. And it goes on to say, quote, the man who oversees the world above, meaning Riganka on the surface, is Akazan, Arch Theon of the Order of Heavenly Unity. Hidden within the Church of Heavenly Unity, he is attended by a dozen Theons of the Church. Within a room filled with monitors and computer equipment, he maintains a stranglehold on Bison's followers. He's got command, apparently, over all the various employees on the surface, including the Theons, of whom he is the most powerful. Quote, Akazan also wears a meteorite pendant similar to those described in Chapter 3 under Theons. However, Akazan's pendant is much larger and can store up to 10 points of chi at once. That is huge. That is a, a huge chunk of the meteorite that Bison jealously guards. So I'm reading the subtext loud and clear here. Akazan is ideally positioned to challenge M. Bison for control of Riganka, if not the whole organization. And there are some big questions as to how he got himself into this position. We don't really have the time or the ability today to dig into those questions too deeply, but I will tell you what really worries me for M. Bison. Over the course of this book, I've come to love M. Bison, as I suppose that you have as well. He's an evil man, a horrid man, a brutal man, but deep down there's a sadness, there's a strange humility, there's a level of self-knowledge, and a level of earnest yearning that is really ingratiated M. Bison to me. I would say he's my favorite dictator at this point, and I'm worried for him when it comes to Akazan. I'll tell you why. There are a lot of powerful people in Shadaloo. M. Bison has other followers and apprentices who know some portion of M. Bison's powers. You know, you've got people like Sagat and Vega who might be better martial artists than Bison. You've got the dragons who are uh, schemers and power players who could challenge M. Bison, certainly. But these people are all operating on the same kind of like exalted kung fu plane as Bison. These are not the people who run away screaming or comically dive into a barrel when a kung fu fight starts in a kung fu movie. M. Bison and the people around him are the people who do kung fu in a kung fu movie. They are the heroes who stride the earth with their martial arts powers. And I think on that field, Bison can take them. I think Akazan might take Shadaloo from Bison because Akazan is trivial. Now you may ask, how trivial can a person be? when they've got an arsenal of nuclear weapons at their disposal. Well, let me tell you, as an American citizen, still extremely trivial. It's not about what you've got, it's about who you are. And Akazan is a trivial person. Listen to this. This is the advice for playing Akazan. Quote, Zahn delivers sermons when doing anything, whether he's commanding grunts, enslaving minions, or ordering monks to fetch him pizza. Despite his religious trappings, Zahn prefers to remain alone behind a screen of television screens and laugh at the suffering of his minions. And it says about Akazan's appearance, quote, his mouth is twisted in a perpetual sneer, and he has singed off all the hair on his head with a purifying flame. Motherfucker, you are balding like the rest of us. You don't, you don't singe off all the hair on your head in a purifying flame for your fake ass religion that you invented. I saw the picture of you on page 14, and not only is your hairline well past half court and driving toward the hoop, but it's all long and stringy on the bottom. You're trying to compensate. It's not that you're balding, it's that you're being fake about it. Why, as the director of the Hive City of Merganka, with your finger on the button of its nuclear arsenal, would you make up a story to explain why you don't have any hair? And, lest we forget the earlier section about Akazan's behavior. Okay, he sermonizes all the time to his followers, standard pompous religious figure stuff, but did you notice the part where he has Theons go get him pizza? 
That is exactly the treatment of underlings that I expected, but I was shocked to discover that there is pizza on Riganka. I can't conclusively state that there's a dedicated pizza place on Riganka, but certainly that's how this reads to me. I don't think you would send somebody to go make you a frozen pizza. The reason I'm splitting hairs about this is because as we continue investigating Riganka, we're going to see that its grand vision is bisons, but there are also a lot of logistics involved with this island. There are a lot of people working here at very strange jobs, but they have to live, they have to eat, right? A nation can't be all death trap. You have to weave infrastructure between the trap doors just to make it sustainable. I feel like a lot of that stuff was shaped by Akazan, and Akazan is the kind of dude who arranges for there to be a pizza place. Because even though he's an evil global religious figure living on a fortified island stronghold, he wants there to be a pizzeria down the street next to the mind-obliterating golden statue just so he can send somebody down there to get him a nice fresh pie for lunch if that's what he wants. He wants to eat pizza, he wants to watch TV, and he wants to turn the corrupt apparatus of the state toward maintaining the lie that his head is bald for spiritual reasons. He is a petty man. And just as much as Bison doesn't really want this life, I feel, Akazan really wants this life. I think Bison frowns when he eats pizza. I mean, he orders. Sure he does. There's a pizzeria down the street by the gold statue. Why wouldn't you occasionally call in? But when he eats it, I think he frowns. He's sad. He's thinking, am I wasting my life? What could I be doing while I'm sitting here eating this fresh pepperoni, olive, and garlic pizza? That's one kind of person. The other kind of person thinks, I fucking love this pizza. I am so happy that I'm doing nothing else right now but eating this pizza. No guilt, no ambivalence. It's a special kind of Zen, the kind of Zen that makes you fat. And there is power in that mindset. This is the dude who will embezzle from your company. This is the dude who will feather his nest in a company and just sit around in an unassailable office on his phone all day, getting paid for nothing and grinding things to a halt. This is the kind of dude who will take everything from you just because he likes having people to bring him stuff on his lunch break instead of having to walk down to the golden statue to get his own goddamn pizza. I'm real worried for him, Bison. And we're not done watching Akazan yet. He's going to keep cropping up again and again. But for now, I think that we need a, a little break from the unrelenting banality of evil here. So join me next time as we talk about break time in Riganka on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs> <laughs>